Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tonight, Donald Trump becomes the first former president in history to be found liable of sexual abuse and defamation. The breaking news after a federal jury awards former columnist E. Jean Carroll $5 million in damages. Here are tonight's headlines. A jury in New York City deliberates for less than three hours in the civil trial against the former president. Part of me was obviously very happy that Donald Trump was not branded a rapist. Breaking news embattled Congressman George Santos charged by the Justice Department. What we're learning. New details about the Texas mall shooter's disturbing online history and the hero police officer who saved lives. He immediately addressed an attacker that was injuring and murdering innocent victims. The dead ceiling standoff shifts to the White House. Where President Biden holds a high-level meeting with congressional leaders. We have now just two weeks to go. Today, there are new guidelines on breast cancer screening. How often should we get a mammogram? So you think every other year is not sufficient? Correct. Every librarian is asking to have one in their space. Our series, Moms in Focus, what happens when a mother sees a... She comes up with an innovative way to help other working parents. Lonnie Walker gets up the first shot of the fourth. Lonnie Walker, great effort. Walker, pull up. Walker, it's another one. It's the Lonnie Walker game. We don't win this game without Lonnie Walker tonight, that's for sure. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. We begin with breaking news of verdicts in the civil rape and defamation trial of former President Donald Trump. A federal jury in New York found Donald Trump liable for sexually abusing advice columnist E. Jean Carroll nearly 30 years ago. The jury also found the former president liable for defaming Carroll when he denied the allegations and said she was lying to get publicity for her book. 
The former writer for Elle magazine was awarded $5 million in damages. The trial saw Carroll testify in graphic detail about the assault inside a luxury department store dressing room in the 1990s. The jury was also shown a videotaped deposition of Trump being questioned under oath about the allegations. CBS's Elaine Cajano has been following the trial and is going to start us off tonight outside the federal courthouse in New York City. Good evening, Elaine. Good evening, Nora. E. Jean Carroll appeared to nod as the jury's decision was read. It was an emotional nine-day trial. And in a statement, Carroll called the verdict a victory, not just for her, but for democracy and sexual assault survivors everywhere. Writer E. Jean Carroll walked out of court saying very little, but the jury's verdict spoke volumes. After just under three hours of deliberations, the jury of six men and three women found Trump liable for one count of battery and one count of defamation. It awarded Carroll about $2 million for abuse and about $3 million for defamation. This verdict is the first time that a former president of the United States has actually been found liable for sexual abuse as well as defamation. Carol had accused Trump of raping her in a New York department store dressing room in the mid-90s. She first went public with her claim in her 2019 memoir. Trump denied the accusation, calling it a hoax. Uh, I was falsely accused by this woman. I have no idea who she is. It's ridiculous. During the trial, Carol gave graphic testimony. She told jurors, I'm here because Donald Trump raped me. And when I wrote about it, he said it didn't happen. He shattered my reputation. Trump waived his right to testify, and the defense called no witnesses. Outside the courthouse, his lawyer, Joe Tacopina, said the deck was stacked against his client. A part of me was obviously very happy that Donald Trump was not branded a rapist. But during the trial, jurors heard parts of Trump's deposition in the case. That she's not my type. He misidentified Carol in a photograph as his second wife, Marla Maples. It's Marla. And was asked about that infamous Access Hollywood recording. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the... Well, that's what... It's, if you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. If his deposition could be said to be a disaster in this case, the worst witness against Donald Trump was Donald Trump. Trump's lawyers say they plan to appeal. The former president is facing a host of other legal challenges, including criminal probes in New York, Washington, and Atlanta. The former president has denied any wrongdoing. Nora? Elaine Gahano, thank you very much. For more, let's bring in Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett. Good evening. All right, what's the political impact of this? Because he's running for president. Yes, and he's the current Republican frontrunner. Not just a former president, but this was an all terms, Nora, a character sketch of Donald Trump then and now. And how and Senate Republicans are not rallying to his defense. Let's just talk about the case for a second. The defense for former President Trump was he's rude, he's crude, but he wouldn't sexually batter this woman and then defame her. Well, in a contested process where everyone had every opportunity to put evidence and witnesses before a jury, a jury said, no, in fact, that's precisely what the former president did. Now, those who rally to the former president's defense say, well, there was a character debate in 2016. He passed and was elected or this is all politically timed. But Senate Republican leaders today, Nora, on Capitol Hill, in the aftermath of this verdict, said there's too much drama. Voters will evaluate that. And yes, Trump can get the nomination, but he can't be elected in a general election. That's Senate Republicans, their verdict on this verdict.
that suggests the tide may be starting Possibly. to turn. Major Garrett, thank you. Let's turn out to some more breaking news. CBS News has just learned that the Justice Department filed charges against embattled New York Republican Congressman George Santos. He is expected to surrender in New York tomorrow when the nature of the charges will be revealed. CBS News previously reported that federal prosecutors were looking into the finances and financial disclosures of the freshman congressman after he admitted to lying about parts of his resume and background. A spokesman for Santos has declined to comment. Now to the investigation into the mass shooting at an outlet mall in the Dallas suburb of Allen, Texas. Eight people were killed, including three children and seven others injured. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports the gunman had been researching the location for weeks, but police say his victims appeared to be chosen at random. Tonight, investigators are running digital forensics on the gunman's cell phone and computers, trying to learn more about a possible motive. Troopers confirmed the shooter had embraced white supremacist and neo-Nazi ideology in online posts he made on a Russian social media site. We do know that he had neo-Nazi ideation. He had patches, he had tattoos, uh, even his signature, you know, verified that. Investigators today admitted they still don't know why the gunman opened fire outside the Allen Premium outlets. The big question that we're dealing with right now is what's his motive? Why did he do this? Well, the big question is we don't know. But authorities say the attack didn't last long, thanks to the quick response of an Allen police officer who stopped the shooter. I think within three or four minutes, the Allen PD officer had neutralized the suspect. We understand that he worked some private security gigs before. Did he ever work at the Allen Premium Outlets? Uh, not to my knowledge. Investigators also said they believe the shooter targeted the location, but shot people at random. He was very random in the people he killed. It didn't matter the age, uh, same race or sex. He just shot people, and which is horrific in itself. Among the eight people killed was 26-year-old engineer Ashwarya Thetakanda. For friends and co-workers, the shock of the shooting is still hard to fathom. She had big dreams. She wanted uh, to make a living in this country, to become a permanent resident, buy a home, get married, make a family, build a family. Troopers say the shooter had three guns on him at the time of the attack and had five more in the car, along with dozens of rounds of ammunition. All were legally purchased. And investigators are releasing the name of the Allen police officer who stopped the shooter. But many are calling him a hero. And through his attorney, he says he's doing well. He's just trying to process this tragedy. Nora? No doubt, Omar Villafranca. Thank you very much. Now to an important story, an increase in breast cancer diagnoses has led to new guidelines for when women should get their first screenings. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force now says women should begin regular mammograms starting at the age of 40. In the United States, breast cancer accounts for more than 43,000 deaths every year, and it is the second leading cause of cancer deaths among women. CBS's Nikki Batiste reports it is, it's a disease that one in eight women develop in her lifetime. The new guidelines, mammograms every other year beginning at 40, are a dramatic shift from the task force's previous recommendation that women begin biennial screenings at age 50. I'm happy they moved to 40, but every other year is not good enough. In fact, the American Cancer Society recommends screenings every year, but beginning at age 45. It's also confusing. What should women do? 
I think it's very important for women to be proactive and really promote themselves for having what is good screening. According to the Radiological Society of North America, the rate of metastatic breast cancer among women between 25 to 39 is up 32% since 2009. I had a double mastectomy. Despite having no family history, Sarah Gillio chose to get annual mammograms before she was 40. She was just 42 with a newborn baby when she was diagnosed. I did find out after the surgery that the cancer did spread. Like nearly half of women 40 and older in the U.S., Gillio has dense breasts, which increase the risk of breast cancer. Dr. Jules Cohen is her oncologist. If uh, you're worried that you're going to uh, you know, be diagnosed with an incurable disease and that keeps you away from screening, I would say that's, uh, that's not something you need to worry about. The new guidelines do not apply to people with a personal history or high risk of breast cancer. They should continue to consult doctors on exam frequency. Women with dense breasts can opt for additional screening like an ultrasound or MRI, but they're often not covered by insurance. Nora? Nikki Batiste, with that important information, thank you so much. Back here in Washington, President Biden sat down with congressional leaders in the Oval Office this afternoon in hopes of finding common ground on raising the debt limit and avoiding an economic disaster. CBS's Nancy Cordes joins us now from the White House. All right, Nancy, did any agreements come from this come out of this high stakes meeting? Unfortunately, Nora, if Wall Street and Main Street were looking for reassurance coming out of this meeting, They did not get it. Instead, President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy stuck to their positions and agreed to meet again on Friday. But at that point, the U.S. could be less than three weeks away from defaulting on its debt unless Congress acts. And here's why this is so serious. Even a brief default could cause a downgrade of U.S. credit and delay the distribution of food stamps and Social Security checks and so much more, while a prolonged crisis could drive up interest rates and put more than 8 million Americans out of work. Now, here's the impasse. President Biden says Congress needs to raise the nation's borrowing limit, no strings attached. But Speaker McCarthy and Republicans say the debt limit hike needs to be paired with major domestic spending cuts. Did the president tell you that there were any spending cuts that he would be open to? Well, I asked him numerous times, are there some places we could find savings? Um, he wouldn't give me any, so I'm hopeful that we'll be able to find them. Top aides from both sides are going to keep talking, but there's not much time left to work this out. Congress only has 12 working days between now and June 1st, Nora. Quite a stalemate. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Well, in another deadline facing the Biden administration, border cities have declared states of emergency as thousands of migrants await the ending of the pandemic era rule known as Title 42. CBS's Manuel Bohorquez reports President Biden spoke with Mexico's president by phone today to try to work on some possible solutions to this growing crisis. Hundreds of migrants continue to arrive in El Paso daily, seeking shelter at facilities that are already filled to capacity. Among them, Joana Llovera, who is from Venezuela. She crossed the border five days ago with her 11 and 13 year old daughters. They were one of the lucky ones to get a bed. 
She wants a better life for her daughters, she says. The economy and the education in Venezuela are not good. Today, border officials handed out these flyers, warning migrants to go through proper immigration channels or face arrest or deportation. You can see long lines of migrants waiting to surrender. With days to go before Title 42 expires, city and state officials are bracing for a sudden increase in migrant crossings. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott sent nearly 600 more National Guard troops to beef up the border. President Biden is laying down a welcome mat to people across the entire world saying that the United States border is wide open. But the Biden administration announced new regulations. The policy would banish migrants from the U.S. for five years if they go outside the asylum process or are deemed ineligible for protection. Still in Brownsville, Texas, city officials are also dealing with the migration influx. CBS's Nicole Skanga is there. Here in Brownsville, about 2,000 migrants arriving daily. Immigration officials using Fort Brown, a former military outpost, as a pop-up processing center to help expedite asylum claims. They're hopeful this contingency measure meets the demand. But the question now, for how long? The city of Brownsville's process has always been um, something that could process about 1,000 people a day. We've been doing it about 16 hours a day. Back here in El Paso, authorities said they would limit traffic along the main port of entry as part of the operation to reduce illegal crossings. Tomorrow, the first of 1,500 military personnel are set to arrive at the border, not to interact with migrants, but support Border Patrol operations. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you very much. Also in Brownsville, a vigil is planned tonight for the eight victims killed by an SUV driver who slammed into a group of migrants outside a shelter on Sunday. The driver has been charged with eight counts of manslaughter and 10 counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Investigators are awaiting toxicology results and are trying to determine if the crash was intentional. Turning overseas, Russian leader Vladimir Putin presented his twisted take on his invasion of Ukraine today, saying the West has unleashed a real war against Russia. Putin spoke at a World War II Victory Day parade, which was scaled down to only a single tank because much of Russia's weaponry is either in Ukraine or has been destroyed in the war. Overnight, Russia attacked Ukraine with dozens of missiles. An investigation is underway after a small plane crashed in the suburb of Tacoma, Washington. That's next. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Two people were critically injured today when a small seaplane crashed in a suburb of Tacoma, Washington. You can see the mangled wreckage in the yard of a home. No houses were hit and no one else was injured. The cause of the wreck now under investigation. An eight-year-old is lost in the wilderness for two days. We'll have his remarkable story. That's next. Now to a remarkable story of survival from Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Police say an eight-year-old boy camping with his family got lost while gathering firewood on Saturday. For two days, more than 150 people searched for him. On Monday, he was finally found safe and sound about two miles from his campsite. He'd sheltered under a log with nothing to eat or drink, but came through it appearing to be just fine. Very lucky indeed. All right, coming up, a Virginia library system is helping working moms stay connected to their kids, and it's catching on around the world. That's next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Finally tonight, while remote work has been a blessing for millions, it comes with its own unique challenges. Nobody understands that more than working moms who often find themselves doing double duty, both their jobs and child care. In our continuing series, Moms in Focus, CBS's Jan Crawford finds necessity is truly the mother of invention. For keeping your concentration, it's hard to beat the library. Hello. Especially when you have to keep your eye on your little one. At home, it's impossible. Here, I can just get things done. Here at the Fairfield Area Public Library near Richmond, Virginia, there's a special space for children and their parents, like kindergarten teacher Takiyo Woodson. With the crib center, it's much, much easier. And they're close enough where I can just reach over but I can still do what I need to do on the computer. It's called the Work and PlayStation, designed and created by two working moms. I would see moms and parents and caregivers struggling, and I thought there's got to be a better way to do this. When the library opened four years ago, photos quickly went viral. All of the public libraries that I'm working on right now, every librarian is asking to have one. This started with you thinking... There has to be a better way. It touches me. It really does. It visibly shows people that we cared. (laughs) And as working moms, they knew there was a better way. Jan Crawford, CBS News, Henrico County, Virginia. Always a better way. Well, that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Looking forward to Mother's Day this weekend. Good night.
If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at paramountshop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.